0: Welcome to the Ether Review. With me today is Kathleen Brightman of Tezos. Thanks for joining me, Kathleen.
1: Thanks for having me, Arthur.
0: So, Tezos, right? Let's uh just to frame the conversation before um before we we launch into it. Basically, the magic of Tezos is it solves the problem that we just saw with the Dow hard fork or uh, or these uh, these protocol upgrading hard forks. while at the same time, enabling the chains to absorb the protocol to absorb new developments in blockchain tech without uh, breaking consensus.
1: Uh, yep, yep, pretty much. That's that's the big uh, big selling point there. We have some like different engineering um, foundations as well, which I think are more appealing. Um, for example, like we don't target a virtual machine, so it's like a little bit easier to reason about the code. There's a few technical features that I like as well, but th- that's a big banner um, headline.
0: So how do you actually, and this is really hard to wrap one's head around, how do you manage to change part of the protocol, break backward compatibility without breaking consensus? How do you maintain consensus about these or achieve consensus about these uh, protocol upgrades?
1: Yeah, so that's, that's an excellent question. Um, and, you know, my, I, my husband is really the brains behind this. Um, great Arthurs, you know, I, I guess uh, come into the world in, in, in groups. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, in any case, like, so, you know, I, I'm really like the secondary peddler of this, if you, if you will. But um, my husband and like a group of developers that work with him um, came up with sort of a network shell. Um, which abstracts the blockchain into three different layers. And through that shell, you can kind of um, reason about and understand um, different, uh, different governance mechanisms. So the first iteration is just very strict voting. Um, So it's, it's a delegated proof of stake. So you can, you can either assign someone to be your, your voice in the uh, network, or you can be your own voice yourself if you wish. Um, But in, they they tally um, a group of votes with a sixty percent quorum. You need to have sixty percent of the people vote to test a feature, and then um, that goes into a test net. And upon like a month of different uh, uh, tests being run on that, um, and various people poking holes in it, you can actually vote to amend the protocol itself. And this is like a pretty funky, pretty funky piece of computer science. But in, in effect, like there's this network shell which sort of governs. Um, the meta protocol, if you will, that allows for the code to be replaced in sort of a plug-and-play fashion. The reason that we're able to do that without breaking consensus is because uh, consensus is, in fact, a different layer of the blockchain um, than what we think most people are going to amend, which is the transaction layer.
0: Okay, right. So you can still achieve consensus because that you're not actually changing anything that would break consensus.
1: Yeah, so the really like the innovation, if you will, is that my husband basically like reverse engineered the Bitcoin blockchain through the course of building his own blockchain from scratch and was like, hey, this is actually super clever. Um, There's all these different moving parts that don't necessarily intersect, but they all kind of form a union to say what it is, what is and is not a valid transaction. And so he abstracted that even further and made them like explicitly different protocols that you could substitute in and out of different features. So by abstracting it further, you're able to achieve more functionality with respect to like substituting in and out
0: of the code. So you can upgrade the protocol in such a way that uh, the transactions that are being submitted are still valid, but the, uh, the networking layer and the uh, – what, what were the three layers as you broke it up?
1: Yeah, so uh, we break it up into the consensus layer, uh, the network layer, which is just like the regular gossip network,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then the transaction layer.
0: And so, what uh, what is an example of an upgrade that would break consensus? And uh, and what's an ex- an example of one that would be fine? Obviously, upgrades to the networking layer are fine, right? Because that doesn't uh, that's not the transaction or the consensus layer. But if you change the consensus layer or the transaction layer, that would have an effect on consensus, wouldn't it?
1: Uh yeah yeah in theory it would have to be done like super carefully and that's like why we're super well one of the key features that we have which we find is like kind of absent from the Bitcoin debate a test net where we can actually empirically test these things before they go live I think if the DAO had like a nice little test bed to just experiment a little bit further on the Ethereum network uh, things would have gone a bit differently
0: How much changes to the actual history of transactions is that something you guys are able to uh, is that something Tezos is able to to edit.
1: Yeah. So that is something that you could do, but so there's a game theoretic reason to believe that you wouldn't want to do that, which is that, you know, if you start to, if you start to just basically rework and reorganize what it is, it is not a valid transaction, the network automatically loses a ton of value. So you would have to like caveat that with any change to the transaction protocol, but that's, that's actually quite easily done. Um in the code you just take a little checkpoint and you say like moving forward we only have like x y z um constraints um but everything in the past can be considered like grandfathered in if you will
0: Then we we run into an issue of uh, of like you said the value of the network and whether or not we can achieve a uh, um, a shelling point converges on the on that blockchain network as something that um as a de facto standard right yeah,
1: that's, that's basically all uh, Tesla is about is like uh, co- coordination um, for these various shelling points to make design choices.
0: So I'm starting to get a, uh, I'm, I'm starting to, I think I'm starting to understand. So the idea is really instead of um, breaking that, uh, instead of losing that, um, that shelling point every time you upgrade, you develop a new, uh, a new blockchain technology, what Tezos seems to do is separate the technology from the uh, from the network effect of the of the the blockchain protocol itself.
1: Our whole thing is like all consensus is ultimately social. So if Ethereum like was attacked tomorrow and everyone lost all of their money and and it was all sent to like some crazy hacker, we'd all just say like, "Hey, let's." Uh, let's just go back to the furthest point and just kind of do a do-over because, hey, I don't want to live in a world where I lose all my ethers because of some clever hacker. That would be like an extreme example. But what I mean to say is like, yeah, there's you know there's this nice robust um, protocol that people have developed, but ultimately you have to maintain it somehow um, and, and that's going to entail some politics. Uh, so you might as well figure out a way for people to propose things in an open and transparent fashion where everyone can continue to rely on um, what's being done on-chain, the integrity of that, rather than offload the governance and, and the upgrades of this to a potentially incompetent third party who might not have their best interests in mind.
0: Right. How did this all come about? and, and when, uh, Because this is, this is one of those projects that started in 2014. There were a ton of them. Um, but this is one of the more, uh, more persistent and I guess it, it seems in line with a lot of, it absorbs a lot of these lessons that we've learned recently. Like, uh, like you have a, a, a functional language and, um, proof of stake, smart, yep. you know, smart, um, well, you don't have a focus on, you're not tied to a particular virtual machine, right? But, um,
1: no, no, yeah, um, that was a pretty big part of, um, pretty big part of the design choice again, because like. Virtual machines are are hard to reason about.
0: So, what functionality does Tezos offer, um, and and how uh, and how does it how do you uh, how do you not tie it to a sync, to a virtual machine? How does that uh, how does it differ from, say, Ethereum?
1: Yeah, um, well, I can send you I can send you quite a bit of um, <laughs> documentation on that. But the long and the short of it is, um, yeah, we started in two thousand fourteen. Basically, my husband. Um, my husband observed a discrepancy in um, the the interests and, and like who really controlled Bitcoin versus who he thought should control Bitcoin, which is the stakeholders. And there's there's quite a few conflicts of interest with the miners and how much control that they have over the network. Um, my husband saw that as a long-term vulnerability, so he decided to um, he decided to create his own cryptocurrency that had this like governance layer, if you will. Um, To instantiate new innovations, rather than kind of leave it to the benevolence of of various miners in China to figure out which uh, version of of the code they would run. So the white paper is up online. Um, You know, I I recommend that you read it because it's like just a it's a fun read in light of what's happened in the Bitcoin community ever since. But we were widely, widely uh, discredited because we were like, oh, that's crazy. Bitcoin is math. Math is pure and it shall never be tainted by politics. Lo and behold, you know, come the Mike Hearns of the world. And we're like, yep, told you so. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) so what my husband, my husband is like uh, a a particularly gifted engineer. Um, He was working in quantitative finance at the time as a market maker for a big bank. And now he works at at Google X and the self-driving car group. So suffice it to say, he's like pretty good with computer stuff. And he and this ragtag group of developers from this academic tradition in France uh, got together and they were like, no, I think we can do something if we just abstract things well enough. We can do like a cool like plug and play type solution with this governance layer above, which can instantiate innovations, but also like we think we could do some funky stuff with formal verification, Um, so all of our, all of our core developers are experts in formal verification, which is cool because now everyone's talking about it anyway. (laughs) So what we do, what we do is different in terms of like smart contracts, um, uh, as opposed to Ethereum is we basically have contracts as pure functions, which allows us to, to not have to like do all sorts of, um, unpleasant things with the EVM, frankly, basically we have a bit of, we have like a functional, a pure function, but then we have a bit of syntactic sugar to avoid having to explicitly pass continuations. Um, so the entire protocol is defined as a pure function, which allows for a more elegant um, w- way of processing uh, the, the computations that we want the network to run. So we don't have to like target something that uh, needs to interpret it. It's, it's really just explicitly done as a function. And the reason we can do that is because we wrote it in pure OCaml. OCaml is a functional programming language. Which has um, most of its code base formalized, so meaning that there's very little Im- ambiguity about how it executes.
0: So, uh, as a as a, something of a layman, uh, that's that's quite a uh, quite an airful of um, of stuff to try and break down. So, but what? Yeah, sorry, I'm- I
1: wasn't sure how technically you were, but um, I, I can give you like the me version of how I understand it (laughs) as someone who passed like two computer science courses with an A and thought that I was like a genius. I'd um, I'd
0: love to, I'd love to hear your version of it. Although I'm sure most of the listeners know exactly what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, maybe, um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, you have to think about it more as, um, when you're dealing with a virtual machine, you actually have to like process these things. You basically offload it to a third party in effect
0: right so uh, am i uh am i right in suggesting that this is obviously ethereum's not truly turing complete um but uh but Tezos is explicitly not turing complete
1: no it it is turing complete and in fact so is like the bitcoin um you know the bitcoin scripting language is turing complete as well it's just like that's we think Turing completeness has been framed for a lot of the recent lack of functionality in these uh, in these cryptocurrencies.
0: But the, but you think that's incorrect?
1: I think having execution that we can reason about more accurately is more important than the functionality of the language.
0: So when will uh, we see Tezos in the wild?
1: Uh, Q1 2017 is supposed to be the uh, the release. Um, I, I quit my job recently at R3 to, to manage that, so... I hope that's the case, because I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> I explicitly left because I was like, oh crap, I only have a few months to do this. Um, <laughs> and and so I hope that I make it on time, because I would be pretty unhappy if uh, if I missed that target. What were you doing at R3? My title was Strategy Associate, which is kind of like a vapid, uh, meaningless term. But I was doing all sorts of stuff. I was across like research, I was across um, helping out with um with some of the communications and I was also helping out in the lab a little bit it's it was all over the place um but it was fun it was like a lot of uh a lot of really cool stakeholders and interesting people that I got to meet um before I worked before I worked at R3 I worked in management consulting prior to that I worked at a hedge fund so I had more um financial experience than than technical expertise as perhaps you've guessed by some of my answers but it was a good mix of the two.
0: So, where do you see uh, where do you see Tezos being applied?
1: The nice part about Tezos is that it can instantiate new innovations, um, and and we can kind of take a sampler pack of of what's been good in Ethereum, which there's been a lot of, and what's been good in uh, what's been good in other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Zcash has come up with a number of different cool applications, and we can kind of do a. a uh, crowdsourcing um, some of this this knowledge that we've built up. We think that there are some themes in cryptocurrencies that we can kind of reliably instantiate at like the protocol level now instead of offloading to a third party, such as like prediction markets, um, which everyone seems to want, um, such as um, such as like f- file storage um, solutions, which again, like there's seems to be a market for. Why not, you know, instantiate that at the protocol level? Well, it's it's quite difficult now to amend um, that dynamically, but you can see um, you can see a future where that that becomes uh, something that everyone expects. So we're hoping that uh, you know in Silicon Valley they have a saying: the early word, bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. <laughs> we want to learn a lot of what becomes popular and what becomes standard use. Because right now, really, if you look at Bitcoin, if you look at Ethereum, the main use case of Bitcoin is like people holding it for speculative value and capital flight from China. The main use case for Ethereum seems to be investing in AppCoin ICOs. We kind of hope that like we can take some of the functionality that people are introducing, which make it gradually more and more useful to the everyday person, um, and bundle that in a much tidier package.
0: Awesome! This is really exciting. Um, I, the, the last question I have is: How did you find it at R three? And have you found? Do you see a, uh, a similarity between what you guys are doing at Tezos and things like what um, and things like what Ian Grigg was doing at uh, at R three with um, with Korda and Ricardian contracts?
1: Oh yeah. Um, well, the thing is, like Tezos doesn't have an explicit diktat to be to, to be used by financial institutions. So our constraints are actually far less rigorous in terms of like coordinating with legal pros, which I know is a lot of what Ian's been doing. Um, and Ian of course has been doing this for like 20 something years. So he's, he's quite good at it. And he's uh, like, just as a total aside, a total delight to work with. He's exactly how he acts on the internet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so he's like really, he's really funny and pleasant, but, uh, yeah, so we don't have we don't have that inclination um, or that or that constraint really. Um, we have to deal with like a different set of actors, which are potentially like scores more contentious, and so we have to worry more about security than I suspect R three probably has to, and because we don't have like some nice guys in windbreakers who can come and um, <laughs> and shut down anyone who tries to uh, hack our system or send register false transactions. So we're really optimizing for a much different issue. Um, and if I had, you know, one question, one, one plea to all the people who really don't seem to like R3 on the internet it would be, Hey guys, you know, they're dealing with a much different, much different set of problems, but I liked working there. It was a great opportunity before that I worked at Accenture, uh, which didn't allow me to do as many cool things as I did at R3, like give presentations to all sorts of like cool influential people and, and really get my name out there. So I'm very grateful to for, to the team for, uh, giving me the opportunity, but you know, Tezos was really like a very passionate project that my husband and I did together, and it was a lot of fun working with him. So I'm also very happy for the opportunity to work with my husband, who I think is an exceptionally good engineer. My my parents, when I was growing up, always told me um, to marry someone smarter than myself. And I feel like I I may have taken that a little bit too far.
0: <laughs> well, it's probably, uh, it's probably not possible. It's probably not possible to... Uh... <laughs>
1: Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let him know that. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> in any case, it's, it's, I, I'm very happy to work with my husband.
0: Hey, fantastic. This has been great, Kathleen. I'll, uh, where can people find out more?
1: Yeah, well, we have um, – so the reason we call it Tezos is because my husband wrote an algorithm to find, like, the one pronounceable um, five-letter word in English or English-sounding um, that had an open.com. So it's Tezos.com. <laughs> uh, and that is the reason that the, the crypto ledger is, is called as such and so you can you can sign up for our mailing list, uh, you can also just bother me on Twitter I'm the only Kathleen Brightman and my handle is Brightwoman, so I'm quite easy to find on the internet
0: Awesome, well hey, thanks for joining me and uh, I'll, uh, I'll stay in touch
1: Yeah, I hope so I hope so, um, that'd be great